It's Fahan, and you're listening to the Nisa Invest Tea Talk Podcast. Hope everybody's feeling good, ready to start your Friday. Alhamdulillah, Juma today. And we're here to recreate in podcast form what happened last year at my local mosque sister circle, where a few of us got together and I was able to run a session on all things halal personal finance. Whether it had to do with budgeting, halal investing, pensions, we covered all of it. And at the end of the session, I asked my sisters to leave me with what further questions they had so that I could go through it with you in podcast form. So thanks so much for joining me. And let's get started. So the question this week asks how to invest. Can you profit from the money that you have invested? So this is great because it's effectively allowing us to discuss uh, investment strategy. Now that might sound like something that you have to spend a lot of time thinking about, but because we know that investing is something that we want to be doing for the long term, we don't want it to just be something that is a one-off, and we know that it uh, has an element of risk, it is important to actually think about what is it that we're supposed to do during the life of the investment? How is it that we know that what we're doing is right? And how is it that we can kind of keep this a steady course uh, irrespective of what's happening in the market? And yeah, so I wonder if this question can be effectively rephrased uh, in into how do I know that I'm going in the right direction when it comes to investing my money? And in answering this question, I think it, it's like the perfect entry point to three things that we must keep in mind when it comes to investing. And uh, the first one is intuitively, why is it that it's important to uh, be invested, but be invested in the long term. And that is a strategy called uh, being a buy and hold investor, where you buy it and you hold an asset. It's a fancy term for saying that you're invested in the long term. But the second part of it is also why is it that it's important to make investing a habit, meaning investing regularly, irrespective of what's going on in the market. And that is a strategy called uh, dollar cost averaging. Uh, And we'll get into that too. And then thirdly, um, it's about what is it that you're invested in. And that is the importance of recognizing that there are many different types of assets that you can hold. And even within the different asset classes, um, there are different investments that you can make. And that strategy is called diversification. So... Thanks so much for joining me this week. Uh, without further ado, we can get started. So, um, going back to the question, uh, the question asks, can you profit from the money that you have invested? So, it's uh, uh, the sister uses the word profit, uh, right? Which is another word for gain uh, that you make uh, off of something. Now, when it comes to investing, um, I think... 
think we should just take a real step back and actually in principle think about what is it that you're doing with an investment. So if you think about it, with an investment, what we're doing is that we're saying that we want to buy an asset uh, in the hopes that by making that commitment, uh, we are looking for it to either increase in value or uh, maybe pay us some type of income or rent uh, for the period in which we own that asset, or both. Uh, now, both of the, these terms, whether it's an income-generating asset or an asset that you uh, gain something once you sell it, they're effectively called returns. So when you're an investor, uh, what you're looking for is, can I make a return? Now, the reason I mentioned the word return is that I'm sure every investing book at university has like a chapter in it called risk and return, because that's effectively what we're answering as an investor. And so how the two come together um, can be presented and represented in a mathematical formula. And in reality, we keep this in mind without even realizing, because uh, as an investor, uh, when we're making decisions, you're simply saying, what am I to do with my asset allocation, which is basically saying, what am I to do with the money that I have available to invest? And whether or not you choose to put the money in the market, you've made that decision. And that decision boils down to what's my time horizon? When is it that I'll, I'll need that money? What kind of risk am I willing to uh, withstand uh, and what my financial goals are? And so ultimately, uh, you'll feel good about whatever decision that you make because you're simply saying, okay, uh, I want to achieve my financial goals in a timely way. And in doing that, I'm going to take a certain level of risk because, of course, everybody in an ideal world, what is it that we would love? We would love to take no risk at all and get the biggest return possible. Knowing that that is not a reality, we need to reframe the discussion and simply say, look, we need to make that decision taking into account three different variables our personal time horizon, our personal risk tolerance, and also what our goals actually are. So now that I kind of reframed uh, the debate, we can simply just get into the first uh, thing to consider uh, when you're investing. So how is that you invest? Uh, if I had to describe myself as an investor, I would say that I follow what's called uh, the buy and hold strategy. Related to my earlier point, in an ideal world, we would all want to buy something when the price is super low and we would want to sell it when it's sky high because that will maximize uh, our return. The thing is that it is impossible to predict and it's very difficult to know when the price of something is going to fall, when is it going to rise, to be able to watch and make these decisions. No one can predict it at all. And so that might feel like it's really difficult because you might think, oh, that does that mean that if I invest on and then in a random day three years later, I look at my money and that's when I need it. 
and it is lower than uh, what it was before. It, it's not like that. Instead, we kind of have to look at it and say, well, the two go hand in hand. How long you're able to withstand the risk inside the market will help you also as an investor. So whilst we can appreciate that on an any given day, the price of any stock can go up and down. And in the short term, it is quite a, it's a volatile investment. So instead, what you want to do is accept the fact that there will, the, the market will rise and fall in the short term and be prepared to tie your money in the market and ride out that volatility over the long term. So what does that mean? It means that we know that the stock market in its lifetime has genuinely trended upwards. You know that not just because you can see it on a screen, you can look around you, the iPhone 20 years ago is not the same iPhone as it is today. Um, there's generally has been global growth. If you're someone who's simply just invested in all global stocks over time, you as a shareholder would have benefited from the value that these companies have created over their lifetime. And if you're investing in equities, it's recommended that you don't invest unless you're willing to keep that money in for a minimum of five years. And what do you do in that time period? You're just going to ride out the volatility and um, because you're taking a certain level of risk. And, and that is simply called choosing time in the market rather than timing the market. Meaning I'm choosing to just spend more time in the market and just have my investment sit there rather than trying to figure out what are the good days to buy, what are the good days to sell. And thankfully, there are people who have gone and done the math. They have used the S&P 500 as a proxy rather than in halal index fund. But let's just uh, use uh, their numbers. So uh, at in they've said, so what would have happened if someone held $10,000 in the S&P 500? Of course, uh, the constituents, meaning the stocks that make up the index, would have changed over that time. In any given period, the index goes under review and companies fall out of the index, other companies come into the index. So, of course, the can the breakdown of what the S&P 500 looked like um, 20 years ago is different to what it looks like today. So there you go. Uh, what would have happened if someone held a basket of stocks representing the S&P 500 20 years ago and they had $10,000 into it? If they looked at their portfolio today, that figure would have been 65000 meaning that that's how much their portfolio would have been worth now. What if they were someone who instead tried to time the market, meaning that they tried to uh, sell uh, when it was high and kind of buy a bit more when they thought it was low. And in the process of doing that, they may have missed out the 25 highest performing days in that 20-year time period, their portfolio, instead of being 65000 
would have been fourteen thousand. Yes, that's just a four thousand uh, dollars increase, but definitely a more modest return compared to the sixty-five thousand. And that's simply due to the fact that it is impossible for anyone, not even the cleverest person in the world, to know what the market is going to be doing tomorrow. And therefore, the strategy that's called buy and hold is simply saying, I know my risk tolerance, I know my time horizon, and I'm going to choose to make an investment that matches that. And so if I am an individual who is willing to tie their money in the stock market for a minimum of five years, you can be like, yeah, I'm okay with taking that risk. That was all about the buy and hold strategy. So you might think, okay, is there anything we can do to feel better about the risk that we're taking? And the answer to that is yes. So the second thing I'm going to discuss is this strategy called dollar cost averaging. It's related because you're not timing the market, you're making the decision even easier for yourself, where your approach is investing a certain amount into the market at a regular time interval. And it's simply called making investing a habit. It means that you will see uh, that the volatility of the market, there will be days where it's up, there'll be days where it's low. But as an investor, your strategy is simply to say, well, as part of my payday routine, or let's say that I have a certain amount of cash that over a time period I want to transfer into the stock market. I'm not going to put all that money in at once. What I'm going to instead do is break it up into chunks and put a certain amount into the stock market every month. I say every month because that's what I did, but someone can easily also do it every week or every two weeks, up to them. And in practice, what does that look like? It means that on days when the price is high and that you buy, there will conversely be days when the price is low and you will also buy. So if you averaged out the cost uh, per share of the, of the fund that you've bought into, that will average itself out. And uh, you may hear people saying, you know, when the stock market is down, you know, that doesn't mean that you've lost money. You only lose money if in that moment you choose to sell. If you choose to hold them and the price rises again, you haven't what's called crystallized that loss. And so in practice, if you are using the strategy of dollar cost averaging, when you see that the price is low, even though I don't really pay attention that much, when you see the price is low and you still buy, that is simply saying that the, the market is on sale at the moment. Uh, because the prices are low. And so why is it that this strategy is so attractive? It's simply taken together with buy and hold. It simply allows you to grow your wealth over time. And not only that, it removes uh, the guesswork and more importantly, the emotion out of it because you are committed to, and if you did this with a standing order, you wouldn't even realize that it's happening, but you are effectively simply buying into the market and riding out that volatility over a a longer period of time. But is there anything else that we can do? Yes, 
And the third uh, and final bit about how to invest is the concept of diversification. And unwittingly, we've talked about diversification because I've said, you know, there are many different asset classes out there. And not only that, we're also able to, within those asset classes, diversify. So within stocks and shares, we're able to uh, buy into many different stocks at once by using index funds. Um, And so sticking with stocks and shares, what does diversification allow you to do? It's simply saying that, you know, uh, we're not waiting for uh, a stock that we uh, are going to buy, uh, hoping that, you know, it goes to the roof uh, right at the moment that we're ready to take the money out. No. Instead, if you choose to buy into a low-cost halal index fund because you're saying that the returns that you're looking for may be more modest because of the fact that you're taking more risk, but you're lowering your risk by spreading uh, that risk across different stocks all at once because that is what the index fund does. It is a basket of many different stocks. And in many ways, you shouldn't just look at it, oh, it caps, you know, it puts some kind of limit to my upside. You do so because conversely, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket and have that stock hit the floor if something were to happen with that company. Instead, automatically by choosing to diversify, you will have some winners and you'll have some losers. But in reality, because it's effectively just uh, a representation of the economy as a whole and the health of business and commerce as a whole, you that's what you're buying into. The return that you get, it's it, it may still be on average higher than the other asset classes, but you are diversifying in order for you to get exposure to stocks and shares in a way that doesn't feel so risky. And in many ways, you know, diversification is completely tied to the first thing that we discussed at the very start of this episode, the whole concept of risk and returns being related uh, because you can reduce the risk within your portfolio by ensuring that you spread out your investments. You're not just invested in two companies within a particular sector. Instead, you're invested in multiple companies across many sectors. And as a result, you're able to reduce the level of risk that you're taking by reducing the level of correlation between the assets within your portfolio. That is, I think, the fancy way of simply saying that low-cost index funds allow you to be invested in the stock market, but at the same time kind of temper the risk that you're taking in doing so. And to summarize it, it it is quite, I would say, underwhelming uh, as a strategy. It feels so simple and uh, the best things in life, I find, are the simplest to explain. It's simply saying, uh, acknowledging that depending on you as an individual, you'll have specific goals, you'll have a specific time horizon, and you'll have a specific level of risk that you're willing to take. When you say, well, I've just bought into a halal index fund that I intend to hold for a minimum of five years, but that can still be the case also if you're investing for, uh, if you have goals that far extend that time frame. 
it makes it even more attractive. If, for instance, you're saving money for your kid's university or for your own retirement, uh, what you're effectively saying is, uh, I'm going to invest regularly in the market. I'll make sure that I hold it for that whole time period rather than trying to time uh, the market and at the same time you uh, I'm going to ensure that what I invested in is uh, as diversified as possible by making use of things like uh, a halal index fund and by also uh, investing not only in stocks and shares but have a portfolio that perhaps also includes other asset classes too and that kind of brings me to the end of uh, this uh, episode I hope this was a helpful run through for what were three crucial topics to understand uh, and that's kind of what knowledge is knowledge really is power if you're able to recognize that what you're doing by uh, buying into a halal index fund for instance what you're saying is that you are a buy and hold investor that is looking to keep their portfolio diversified and make investing a habit by dollar cost averaging your way so that you're able to uh, grow your wealth uh, over the long term thanks so much for joining me uh, this has been the Nisa Invest Tea Talk podcast. I'm Fahan, and I will see you next Juma. Bye for now. Yeah. Yeah.